0: Hello, this is Gary Pauley, pastor at First Baptist Church of Shawnee, and this is the First Baptist Church of Shawnee, Kansas podcast. This podcast, the pastors of First Baptist discuss things that God is doing in our church. Well, thanks for being with us today. We're sitting around the pastor's table. Actually, we're sitting in chairs, but I've got Ben Gum, our pastor of worship here in Russell Minnick, pastor of Youth Ministries, and together we're going to be talking about the, the change at First Baptist where we're moving to an elder model, and our, our goal, of course, is not to just do something arbitrary, but to bring First Baptist uh, more in line with what is is detailed out in Scripture. And this is a big change for a church, guys, and I thought what we'd do today is talk about the process of change and maybe the reasons for change um, so our people can kind of hear us mull over what we've been talking about for such a long time. And I, it may be that people are really afraid of or tired of hearing about this at First Baptist, but let's do this podcast and we'll have some posts and uh, let this stew for a while. And hopefully uh, podcasts like this and other things will give us more opportunities to uh, clarify what we mean with this. So, so some things we've been talking about include the difficulty of change. Uh, one of the issues is there's a sense of grieving and loss when something changes profoundly and moving from the kind of CEO model here where there's one pastor in charge to a team of elders is a huge change. And we just want to acknowledge that, I guess, that it's easy for us to say, hey, let's change this. But for people who've been for forever, there's there's kind of the unknown.
1: And I don't know if you guys sense that as well or. Yeah, change. Change is hard. In the best of circumstances, and I think we're feeling that here um, all from staff, from congregation, uh, us as pastors in the church, we're all feeling the struggle of change. And uh, I think that instead of having change just for the sake of change, the one thing that alleviates some of that angst and frustration over change is if we can be focused on making change for a biblical reason, in a biblical way, and two, what is clear for us in Scripture. And that's what we're proposing with the kinds of changes that we're bringing, whether it be talking about moving to a an elder model where there's a plurality of elders who are leading the church. It alleviates some of that angst about change if we had that comfort of knowing, well, what we're trying to change to is a more biblical thing, and we want to even make that change
2: in a biblical kind of way. Yeah, it's really important because we're already functioning as the elders of the church we're saying wait there's something going on here that's not biblical we need to address it and and as elders make a decision to move closer to the biblical norm the biblical reality so that we can be healthy i mean that's we're kind of already doing that yeah function right now and
0: obviously if if we do things a biblical way there will be inherent benefits to that and later in the podcast we're going to talk about some of those benefits but there there is just the i don't know bold faced benefit of doing what is defined for us in scripture and you know one of the things i said is that scripture doesn't tell us all that much about how to do church so when it does describe you know something we should pay attention to that and this uh, this is a piece that's sort of been missing in our in our system so so we recognize that people are struggling and uh with change and some of the struggle is just understanding and I think the series that we did of three weeks was good because for some people, it introduced a concept they weren't used to, and this will give some time now for them to think about it and mull it over and maybe give us some opportunity for Yeah, it's really easy
2: for us to just sit back and say, this is the biblical model, this is right. the right way to do it, but in reality, none of us came from this. Every one of us has experienced That's church right. our entire life That's true. the way that this church is used to having it. I had a CEO model, and he actually had a difficulty that ruined um, the church there for a little bit it ruined the leadership structure and they had to go through a whole rebuilding and I think you guys both yeah were in this model as well so Mm -hmm. we feel that exact same angst of this isn't what I grew up with this isn't what I've always known Um, but the reality is it is what scripture that's an
0: interesting point none of us of the three of us actually grew up in an elder model right uh, but, my previous church was twenty year elder experience, Ben you were there, so mm-hmm. that was an elder experience, and i'm currently having an this elder it, experience, yeah. so Russell, you speak to that because you're you're the only one that hasn't an
2: elder experience for everybody <laughs> yeah. well i've seen it in scripture, yeah, I, when I was in you know Bible college and then seminary, I saw it in scripture and and I felt that angst that we're feeling now that this isn't what i 've experienced my whole life, but it is here in the text. I wonder why we're not doing it, and now we're seeing almost every church. Moving yeah. to this model, I mean, this is what, and I think I think people don't realize that. that what a weird statement that we're moving to a biblical, a biblical model. model. That's yeah. such a weird statement. I
0: actually read an article where a guy surmised that um, churches became infatuated with the success of industrial models of governance, mm-hmm. and so the the top down model where there's kind of a celebrity guy, you know, who I don't know motivates people and can raise money or whatever, brought success to the organization. And so churches started started kind of, interestingly enough the Southern Baptist Convention's first president, a guy mm-hmm. named Johnson, That's actually started, yeah, promoted, promoted eldership. eldership. yep. And there's this kind of groundswell away from it, and we're just now recalibrating, in my mind is what well, we're doing it. That's a good word. Guys, let
1: Yeah, ahead. and it's limiting in a way that adds to the angst. If you have the CEO at the top model, then the success or failure of the church programmatically or in terms of vision all hinges on the particular spiritual gifts and talents and abilities and experience of of that one guy. guy. But when you have a plurality of elders, you now have a pool, and this is the way the body of Christ is supposed to work, as Russell Mm -hmm. brought out when we were talking about membership. We all have unique combinations of spiritual gifts, and that's even true Mm -hmm. at the leadership level. Whereas if you've got a council of elders who are functioning together in a complementary way with their particular yep. combination of yeah. spiritual gifts in overseeing the church, well, then you have a much better opportunity for the church to be well-orbed, fully-orbed, and and complementary in its focus... On gospel ministry, but how that gets expressed in the whole community. Yeah, because
2: if your one guy is Gary Paul, your church is hosed. You're right? in trouble. Yeah, this is going nowhere.
0: It is kind of funny when you think about it. You're asking a lot of one guy to have all gifts in perfect balance
1: so right. he can lead. There's nobody like that. Right. And time to oversee and, yeah. the whole function yeah. of the church. Rather can't than, work. Yeah, right. Can't but work. at the same time, the whole congregation can't oversee itself. That's right. Because that hamstrings you in a different yeah. kind of way where everybody can't lead, and that's why god's given us this perfect balance right. of leadership and we're already kind of, we're
2: already kind of talking about it, but so that leads us into some motivations for change in this so what mm-hmm. we're not just changing for the purpose of changing why would you guys say is our motivation for doing this thing outside of it's what the Bible says. I think yeah. we all understand <laughs> which is a pretty good reason that's but, at the very yeah, top of the yeah. list it's what the Bible says, but out outside of that if
1: right it does alleviate that angst yeah. that we have when we Everybody's always struggling to figure out from the first moments you walk into a new congregation to visit and, you know, Mm -hmm. how can I fit in here? How do I fit in here? This is the beginning of the answer to all those kinds of questions. When the vision of the church is clear and it's clearly focused on gospel ministry, the, Mm -hmm. the way the Bible would lead us to, then you get to, you know, the secondary and tertiary things of, well, how does that ministry get done? How are my gifts expressed in this church? Mm -hmm. Well, if the elders are free and complementary in that plurality to come together and say, we're going to keep this local church, in our case, First Baptist, we're going to keep us focused on gospel ministry. We're thinking about the high-level you know gospel mm-hmm. focus but then as it trickles down to how does that get expressed in all the different gifts that people have in our church now we can help people find the expression of their unique combination of gifts and that that alleviates the angst and frustration of figuring out how do i fit in here and and how do i know whether i can trust yeah. our leaders to lead well yeah. well we're if we're going to say it's all there in scripture that's the judgment, that's the basis for judging whether we're leading well, is what's clear in Scripture and gospel ministry. Right. Now we have, that alleviates a lot of that pressure. Well, for me, the, part of the motivation is pastoral. I mean,
0: we want, as pastors, we want what's best for our congregation. And, right. Uh, you know, if if the biblical model is really the biblical model, then it's going to be the best thing for the church. Now, we can imagine all the reasons why, and they're to me they're kind of obvious. One of the giftedness, leadership, the needs of the congregation. Right. But ultimately, what we're saying is by doing this recalibration and bringing us in line with Scripture, we're investing in the health of our body, uh, of the church. It will be a more effective... And and you know some of the ways we express that is that it can be, you know, uh, we can move more quickly. We can innovate more easily and be more creative and respond to the needs of the moment. and All that is practical stuff. And maybe we'll talk about that in a minute.
2: But this is about the health of the church. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting you brought up a guest walking in on Sunday morning. Um, I mean, if you picture it from their point of view, they want to meet the leadership in the church to see if they belong here. But Gary's up there getting ready to preach, and you're doing worship stuff and I'm doing youth stuff, it's hard to walk them right to, but if we have this plurality of elders, including including yeah. lay elders who are ready to to shake hands and love on somebody and talk about mm-hmm. our church from a leadership position, it's neat to not have one guy or just a couple guys at the top, but have yeah. this, this. I mean, that's a real um, good reason to make this change as well.
1: And both in that aspect and also the one you just mentioned, Gary, in terms of we wanting health for our congregation. How are we limiting ourselves right now if we have people who are not on staff but are gifted as an elder is mm-hmm. for shepherding the congregation? Right. Right. How many people have those gifts right now and it's not being expressed because mm-hmm. yeah. we have a, a system right now that constricts that and, and doesn't affirm We're limiting that their role. service unbiblically.
0: Right. We're unbiblically limiting the service of potential elders if we're supposed to have a plurality of leadership and we arbitrarily limit it to one or, mm-hmm. you know, one and two halves, which is kind of the, the typical yeah. system. <laughs> right. Um, what? So what do we, we, that's our motivation, but what do we get out of this? Uh, it, it's changing, some people are, I think, maybe thinking, oh my goodness, you're changing heaven and earth, uh, all of our documents and the way we've done things. Why is this worth it, and what do we get out of this? Ben, I think you were just getting at one thing, is that we, we give a service opportunity to people specially gifted for shepherding who right now can't use it yeah. as leaders in the church. And, to and alleviate it
2: also, those who don't have that gift <laughs> to just do the service ministry that they're really good at or really yeah, gifted right. at. It says, don't worry about oversight. You are in charge of this thing that you're really good at. It right. also
1: brings simplicity, biblical simplicity that's lacking in our current system yes. where so much is prescribed, Yes, where the church actually has the organic ability to respond to leadership and move forward into the coming generations and respond to the changes in the Mm -hmm. culture and the way that impacts how the gospel is going to get expressed in ways that are vibrant and effective in this coming generation and the one after that. So the simplicity and organic nature of it is going to be really important Mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, And another thing I haven't talked about much,
0: but is the need for speed and innovation. And, And I haven't said much about why, and I don't know, we want to spend a lot of time on that, but Right now, I think everybody recognizes how quickly our culture is changing, Uh, you know, much more quickly than it did on my grandpa in ministry. And one of the things we really need today is the ability to quickly move and make changes, innovate and create, uh, simply because things are changing around us so fast. Does that make sense to you guys?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and it's speeding up, too. Yeah, It is yeah and and the the other piece of that is not just the speed at which the culture is changing but the fact that it continues to become more and more hyper individual that all is completely um counter culture to the culture that Christ prescribed for the church that we're actually supposed to the the way that we give god glory is bringing all of our individuality into unity mm-hmm. as one body mm-hmm. and our culture moves directly opposite that right and so all the changes that we hope to see in the health of our church as we return to a bit more biblical model actually brings us back into focus on being unified mm-hmm. about doing what the Bible is clearly calling us to.
2: That's Romans 12. Whatever your gift gifted at, you think about that gift in relation to the church and how it can build up the church as, as a body.
1: And, yeah. and we
0: need to make that a part of our process, that mm-hmm. Romans 12 idea part of our process instead of a process that sort of hampers that Mm -hmm. expression in the church i think
2: i don't want to say historically but there's been a bit of a trust issue with the leadership here Mm -hmm. and i think a lot of people might hear what we're doing now and say they're just trying to grab power when in fact it's quite the opposite this is alleviating a trust issue of having one guy having it his way or the highway right but instead it's saying no let's have our leadership that's already in place couple with some um, not staff you know, mm-hmm. uh, lay elder leadership so that we can have this board of people to keep one another accountable um, as well as the church.
0: It is about expanding accountability and realizing it in, a, in a fuller sense than we have. Well, one more thing and then I'm, I'm going to ask us all to wrap this up a little bit. Uh, we realize we've got to think about the future of the church and, and one of the issues is what I call handing off the baton. Um, some of this change is about is about recalibrating First Baptist so it is a model that Another generation will want because, you know the, I don't know the the complicated kind of multi-layered, detailed prescriptive model that we're used to that may have served this church well in in one season, is so. What's the word somebody used with you Ben? It's unorganic. It's mm-hmm, yeah. it, there's nothing natural about it, and it certainly isn't quick. And so in my mind, part of what we're doing is getting ready to hand this off to another generation.
1: Yeah, and our goals are the same thing as the benefits that we see, which is that it's going to bring us to unity, but the only thing that unifies us, which is the gospel. That's right. So we come to unity and spiritual health. That's our goal. That's what we're aiming to see. Around Scripture.
0: Okay, let, let's wrap this up. Uh, Russell, what would you say to kind of bring things to a head?
2: I, I mean, what Ben just said, I would say unity needs to be our what we're hearing out of this whole elder thing, that, that change is difficult... But it's not difficult for any moral reason. It's just it's just a difficult yeah. thing to not do the thing that we've always done. But when right. we see clearly that that it'll be beneficial and it'll be I mean, I mean helpful to the church and unifying, um, we just I mean we need to all be on board in the same in the same path that ends at the gospel. Well, good stuff, Ben. Would you add to that?
1: Or? Yeah, I'd say amen to that. If if we're going to seek unity, it's going to be around the gospel, and we're going to find those things that unify us in Scripture. So that's why we're trying to be laser-focused on looking at Scripture to see how we should function as a church body today. Awesome.
0: Well, we've been spending a lot of time talking about this. I, I suspect some people are tired of it, and so uh, we're not going to just walk away, but we're going to give this a rest. We're going into Christmas. I'm looking forward to the Christmas season. Actually, the next two weeks, we're going to do Amos and um, you know, get back to just regular Bible exposition that we do around here. But people can uh, tune into to our, our They can log into our website and listen to some of the sermon series that we called God's Design for the Church and can review some of the stuff we talked about. And Certainly, we would love to get emails. We'd love to get phone calls and talk to people about questions they have. What we've really been talking about is the what we want to see happen, not how. The how is a big thing, and that'll be unfolding in this next year. Um, We'll be telling everybody about what that will look like as we kind of figure it out ourselves, but... Uh, thank you guys for joining me and thank you for listening. Uh, we are planning to have more podcasts so you can hear from us um, bringing some of these conversations we have all the time to you um, by way of podcast. I hope you enjoy it and stay tuned for the next one. It should be coming up quickly. Thanks for tuning in. Bye.